When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Gold Diggers podcast on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero. She's Michelle Majuk. What's up, Michelle? Hey, hey, it's been a couple weeks. It feels good to be back. Uh, you, you blamed it on me last week that we didn't have a show. I would like to just say I woke up on Friday morning and stats. I had a text from stats saying we don't have to do the show today because I know you're probably really busy and tired. I didn't say I couldn't do it. I was going to, you know, pony on up and get it done for you guys. Blame it on stats. Not me. What was your response to that text message? I think I said, bless you, sir. Yes, I was excited that I didn't have to, you know, do extra work, but it didn't mean I wasn't going to do it. It was not my fault. It was canceled. I haven't talked to you in two weeks, and this is how you start the show. As if I wasn't in a bad mood already. This is how you start the show. You can't let trolls get you down. Oh, it's not just trolls. It's the most respected 49ers beat writer that I have an issue with. And you're going to find out why, because we're going to play that on the show. We're also going to get into draft stuff a little bit, because I haven't talked to you since the 49ers completed their draft, really. And I desperately want your thoughts. So we'll get into all of that. But first, I want to remind everybody, please rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. We need to get the star rating up. So please, please, please drop a review. I promise you, I will read it on the show. Also like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. We have YouTube members now, Michelle. Shout out to all of our members. Two ninety nine a month, you get priority comment response, membership badges, custom emojis, and probably some other stuff as we get rolling here towards the regular season. So shout out to all of our members, and please sign up for that as well. All right. I'm sitting around yesterday just doing my stuff, looking around the internet. I actually uh, am writing a children's book that I just finished. So that was kind of my day yesterday. It's when do I get to book. read it? Uh, as soon as it comes out. Okay. You're going to um, make me buy it? No, I will give you a copy for free. I'm getting 10 free copies, so I will give you one. But anyway, I'm sitting around, and all of a sudden, I see a tweet about Matt Mayoko's appearance on KMBR. And I'm like, what? And I see what the what he said, and I'm like, this can't be real. It's got to be taken out of context. Something is not right here. Well, I have the audio for you, Michelle. I'm going to play the audio. And I want your first blush response. And I promise you, I promise, I have not edited this audio. This is what was said. Here's Matt Mayoko on KMBR. Sam Darnold might be the most, can I say this, the most talented thrower of the football 
that's the 40 hours I've ever had. <laughs> and all I can do is laugh. I don't get the Sam Darnold love. No, like the people who believed in him coming out of school, they're never going to give it up. They will never give it up. But they gave up on Trey Lance in 0.5 seconds. Don't worry. But Sam Darnold's now going into his what? Uh, sixth season in the NFL. I know you're not a 49er fan, but off the top of your head, can you just name a great quarterback in the history of the 49ers? Just off the top of your head. I mean, there's there's been a few. Steve Young, Joe Montana. Yeah. Uh, even I would say Colin Kaepernick was better than Sam Darnold. By a lot. Like, by a lot. What are we well, doing? I, I don't think he meant of all time. I think he meant of that they've had on their roster recently, but still no, that's a joke. No, he said that the 49ers have ever had. Matt Mayoko has been covering this team since 1991, okay? He saw Steve Young. He was there for Steve Young. This is what is happening, and I'm trying to tell people, and nobody wants to listen to me. Matt Mayoko is the mouthpiece for the team. He's greasing the skids to prepare the fan base for Sam Darnold to be the starter, whether they trade Trey or whether they just say that Darnold won the quarterback competition. That's what this is. Matt Mayoko's not stupid. He doesn't really think Sam Darnold can throw the ball better than Joe Montana or Steve Young, but this is the narrative that the 49ers want out there, and that's why this is happening. Listen, if he truly believes this, or I, I know you said he doesn't actually believe it, but for him saying all time, I thought he just meant like, you know, he's a better thrower than Brock Purdy and Trey Lance, which I also think that is false. So if I even think that <laughs> is false, then we got, we're really far apart here. And yeah, maybe it is just the 49ers trying to get the fans on board. If they have to start Darnold, the only way Darnold starts, I think is if Trey Lance is traded, if both have an opportunity to fight it out in training camp. I can't see Lance losing. I think that's what they're telling you. I don't think it's going to be a fair fight, Michelle. I think every in incompletion by Lance is going to be, oh my God, he should have hit that throw. How could he do that? And Darnold will throw an incompletion and it'll be like, oh, well, you know, he's new. He's still learning the system, all that stuff. And if you needed more proof, I will continue with Matt Mayoko's appearance on KMBR because he followed up that asinine comment with this one i think that he hasn't had really any chance to succeed since his you know college days are over uh just i think he had right. he's had like four head coaches yeah yeah uh in five years five offensive coordinators in five years uh he's a talented guy and you know i i think i was just talking to frank gore frank gore popped his head in at the at the 49ers local pro day, and he was like, you will be shocked at what you see from Sam Darnold. Right. Frank Gore is a Sam Darnold guy. And so, because they, they uh, spent one year together with the Jets, and he just felt like he just didn't have any chance to succeed. Using Frank Gore to try and puff up this opinion as valid is just such a weak move by Matt Mayoko, using one of the most beloved figures in franchise history. Like, oh, you can't disagree. You disagree with Frank Gore. You don't love Frank Gore. It's so weak, Michelle. Yeah, and what is what is a player going to say? They never say bad things about teammates. Like, it's very rare. But also, it's one thing if Sam Darnold can throw a good ball in shorts. Like, oh, yeah, he's super talented. Yeah, he's in the NFL. 
He was a top three draft pick. He's now made it in the NFL for six seasons. Yes, he can throw a good ball. He could throw a ball. He could throw a ball better than 99% of human beings on this planet. 99.9% of human beings on this planet. No one's saying he's not a talented player, but when you compare him against other quarterbacks, when you put him in the game and his little mind, his mind with the game, it doesn't work. He is not a good quarterback. Just because he can make some nice throws sometimes does not mean he's a good overall quarterback. You have to also have the ability not to turn the ball over 500 times. Also have the ability to read the field and hit a guy open before he's already covered. Like, And also, I'm sick of this, like, oh, he's had so many coaches and so many offense coordinators. You know why? Because he gets a lot of guys fired. Thank you. Because he's bad. He got him fired. It is what it is. It's not just like, oh, poor him. It's like, no, he performed poorly for a long time for many different guys. So then they got, they lost their jobs. Like that's what happens. I think you're a thousand percent right. And by the way, who has Justin Herbert had in terms of coaches and offensive coordinators? Has he had like the best coaches and the best offensive coordinators? No. Does anyone think he sucks? No. Like I hate this narrative and oh, people say, well, he didn't have any weapons. Do Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore not count as weapons? Like, were they not on the Panthers? What are we doing here? Like, what are we doing with this guy? I do not understand it. If I told you the 49ers were going to play against Sam Darnold, you'd be licking your chops. Now, all of a sudden, he's on the team, and people are trying to sell me that he's good, that he's the best thrower of the football, that my 49ers, one of the most quarterback-rich organizations in the history of football, have ever had? No. Like, stop this bullshit. I hate it. I can't believe this is where we are. And I thought I was going to be calm and not swear. And yet here we are. Because, like, this is insane. This is like ignore everything you have seen and just believe this crap that we're telling you. And the 49ers themselves are the ones telling us this. That's the crazy part. Kyle Shanahan said Sam Darnold has as good a skill set as anyone in the league. Like, what are we doing? And I mean, there's a reason why in most metrics, he's the worst quarterback, the worst starting quarterback in the NFL since 2018, since he entered the league. It's not just because poor me, I'm in the worst situation. A lot of quarterbacks are in really bad situations. A lot of quarterbacks have bad metrics. Guess what? Sam Darnold's the worst of the worst (laughs) of the worst. It doesn't mean that when you put him in the Kyle Shanahan's offense, he can't be uh, like slightly below average and get it done and win some games because the team is like loaded, but that just means that you're dealing with a guy that is worse than someone else you could put in there. So imagine if Sam Darnold can be okay with Kyle Shanahan, what can another quarterback be like, you know? So you're just still, you're not maximizing the opportunity here with the offense with Sam Darnold, no matter what, even if he ends up being like, I don't think he has a ceiling of being great. So even if he ends up being average, because you put him in Kyle Shanahan system with good playmakers around him, what do you have? I don't, it's still just an average quarterback. That's not going to win you anything when you get into the tough games in the playoffs. And like, spare me the whole, well, Alex Smith got better under Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, he was better than he was, but he still wasn't that good. And that same Jim Harbaugh benched Alex Smith for Colin Kaepernick the second he got the chance to do it. And even when Alex Smith played the best football of his life in Kansas City, they immediately benched him for a completely unproven Patrick Mahomes. So like, but also, guess what? Alex Smith and the Chiefs never won anything. Right. Yeah. They, Alex Smith was a decent quarterback. Like, 
but also no one was saying he's one of the best in the league. He was, he got much better than where he was because he went into a good situation, but it was Alex Smith. They could never make it far because you have Alex Smith at quarterback. You're going to make the playoffs. You're going to have a good record. And then you're going to lose the playoffs because you don't have that quarterback that's over the top. As soon as they bring in Patrick Mahomes, who is, they just keep going to the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl. or And they gone to the AFC championship now, what, every five year. years? Every year with Mahomes. Yeah. So every year. Uh, that's the difference between, oh, well, maybe he's the next Alex Smith. You don't want the next Alex Smith. Like, that's, right. not, that's not what you want here. You already had Jimmy G. If you wanted Alex Smith, then just keep Jimmy Garoppolo because, A, that dude was a winner. So at least keep him. And I don't know, like, if that's what you wanted, then there was never a reason to trade up for a guy like Trey Lance. If that's what you wanted, then I just don't get, then they really messed up during that draft because you just, if that was your goal, just someone average, you could have found that way easier than giving up three first round picks. Right. And I just don't know why all of a sudden we have to buy this narrative. Like, for perfect example, the 49ers just signed Brandon Allen, or they agreed to a contract with Brandon Allen. I don't know if he's officially signed it. Brandon Allen is 52nd in passer rating since 2019. One spot ahead of him is Sam Darnold in passer rating at 78.3. So no one thinks Brandon Allen is good, yet you're selling me that Sam Darnold is good. I mean, if you just put Brandon Allen in a good offense <laughs> with a good coach and good playmaker, and by the he way, will really step up. <laughs> who is this quarterback, by the way, that Kyle, that Kyle Shanahan has done this with, right? Like, people are like, oh, are you telling me it's Brock Purdy? Because then you're saying Brock Purdy's not that good, which you can't say that to 49er fans. Holy hell. If you say that, you're a hater and you're the worst. So... Which is it? Is Brock Purdy really, really good? Or is he just an average player that Kyle Shanahan is boosting? Because if you don't pick Brock for that title, who is it? Nick Mullins? Nick Mullins threw for 230 yards a game and had 12 touchdowns and 12 interceptions in 10 games. Like, so who is this quarterback that Kyle Shanahan has boosted up? That's what I want to know. Are you going to say Matt Schaub? Okay, but that was like a long time ago. RG3 did it for one season. So I just don't think any of the narratives are correct here. But also the difference between Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold is, yeah, Sam Darnold might be more naturally gifted with throwing the ball, but Brock Purdy is a football player. He has the football mind. He has the brain. He doesn't make stupid mistakes. He is a competitor to the top degree. Like Sam Darnold, when you look at him, he, he gives you nothing. There is nothing here. There's nothing here. He doesn't, I, I feel like he doesn't have any emotions on the field. He doesn't show you any personality. I don't know how guys get behind him or like, I'm rooting for, like, I'm, I'll do anything for Sam Darnold because he gives you nothing. And then also he makes those really, really stupid mistakes on the field. So that's going to, A, when you have such a good defense and you have such good playmakers, you can't be making those mistakes. So they're going to have to be very careful with him to make sure that he's, you know, hitting the right guys and he you're getting the ball out of his hands quickly. And it's just going to really limit the offense. And I really, really hope we don't have to watch him. Like I just. They're prepared. I'm telling you, the 49ers are preparing you for it. That's the whole reason for Mayoko to go on KMBR and say that. There's no way he believes that. There is no way that Matt Mayoko believes that Sam Darnold is the most talented thrower of the football in 49ers history. It's, it's just not possible because I don't think Matt Mayoko is a stupid man by any stretch of the imagination. So 
to me, it's the Niners greasing the skids. And I just don't know why people are saying, well, let's see what Sam Darnold is with the best roster in football and the best play caller in football when we don't want to see that with Trey Lance. What? I don't get this at all. It makes no sense. And the fact that people keep saying it over and over again is why I'm so upset about this. This should be like an easy, oh, they signed Sam Darnold? That's a dumb move. And that should be the end of it. But that's not where we are. And I feel like if Sam Darnold had the type of game that Lance had against Houston in 2021, people would be like, oh my God, like he is so good. <laughs> and like, that's one of Trey Lance's four games he's gotten a chance in and whatever. I know, I don't, I don't get it. And if the 49ers have Trey Lance on their roster to start the season and they really say Sam Darnold won the starting job, then that is just outright admitting that you suck at the draft <laughs> that you just, you, you suck at evaluating players because you missed that hard on a guy that you traded up everything for, and you're not even going to allow have a chance. And he somehow got beaten out by the worst quarterback in the NFL. Again, the worst starting quarterback in the NFL since 2018 by many, many metrics. It's not just one, it's many metrics of starting quarterbacks. He's the worst since 2018. And you're saying this guy is better than the guy we traded up all this way for we put our we you know we we said this is it he's him he's going to change the quarterback situation for us and Kyle Shanahan was beyond excited then just admit that you did a terrible job at you know evaluating him and that's a concern right there that's the other part of this too like if they just said look we don't think that we think we made a mistake and Brock is here and great and we don't think Trey is it but they keep saying that Trey is so good and maybe they're just trying to pump up his trade value, but they need to be called out on that. They need to be called out on why everything that they have done completely contradicts all the nice things that they have said about Trey Lance. And by the way, you mentioned that Houston game that if Darnold had done what Lance did against Houston, everybody would be pumping him up. Well, if Lance did what Darnold did against the Saints last year, five of 15 for 43 yards with two picks and two fumbles, People act like that's Trey Lance's start every start. They act like that's how Trey Lance has played. He's never been like that. That's hideously bad. That's And you're going to get that game from Darnold one every four games. Like, <laughs> he might be – this is his issue is he can look – he can have some nice throws in some games. He can put together a nice quarter. Like, damn, look at this guy. Like, where'd that come from? And then the very next game, he's going to be disastrous. He will – like, he is the type of quarterback that will lose you games. I understand the team wanting to go with Brock Purdy because he's not the guy that's going to lose you games. And he was, he looked really like, I don't even know the right word to use for him. Cause I don't want to say like amazing, but he just, he looked like a quarter. Like he looked like he could be a guy that could be a franchise quarterback. The team, the, the roster is going to be super pumped to play for. So I get it. And he's also young and you know, you, you can build around that. So if you say Brock Purdy showed last year, he is a winner. He's a competitor. He did everything we asked for. He's going to be our starter. That is completely fine for me. The issue is if it goes to Sam Darnold, because he has had five years now in the league where he has been terrible. He does not possess the leadership skills of a Brock Purdy where you're competing in that way. And I just, I don't know the upside there with Sam Darnold. You're just saying, well, we're not going for a Super Bowl this year. If, if your plan is to start Sam Darnold all year. Now, if their plan is to start Sam Darnold, hope to just like make it out, squeak it out four games and then Brock Purdy will be back, whatever. But it's still, 
then you're just, if the whole goal is you need to start four games, let Trey Lance try it out and see if he develop, if he can develop. I don't know. And yet, They're just screwing this poor young man over. I don't think this is going to be a fair fight, Michelle. I really don't. The 49ers are already telling you they want Darnold to be the guy. You look at Darnold's contract and the fact that he has all those incentives and escalators in the contract. And how about the fact that every time you see 49ers players out and about, like at the Warriors-Lakers game, they're all hanging out with Sam Darnold. It's Sam Darnold and Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle. What did they talk about? What is like? What are you even talking about with Sam Darnold? Did you like, see oh. Clay Thompson came over and he was like, oh, it's George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey. Cool. Who the hell is this guy over here with this red beard? <laughs> like, what, what are you doing here? How did you like, did you steal the ticket? Like one of these things is not like the others. I feel like Sam Darnold would like start talking about the trees outside or something, the different kind of trees he sees. Like, what are you, what are you guys talking about? What are you hanging out about? Maybe I'm just really mean to Sam Darnold. Maybe he's a cool guy. I don't know. I don't care if he's a cool guy. He's a quarterback. Like, the worst quarterback. I cannot believe that people are trying to hype him up. I saw a good poll from, was it Ryan Hensley? I think I'm trying to see who, when I try to start hyping up Baker Mayfield and you guys all roll your eyes at me as you should, because I'm delusional and I never want to get (laughs) off the Baker Mayfield train. Just know this is the same way you should be feeling about Sam Darnold. Like if you're Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield are similar, except for the fact that Baker Mayfield has actually had a good season in the right. NFL, a couple good seasons, and he's shown a lot more flashes than Sam Darnold ever has. Like that's the difference. But also, Baker Mayfield is never going to be a good quarterback in this league, right? That's not going to happen. I'm going to hold out hope. Don't get me wrong. But like when you roll your eyes when I talk about Baker Mayfield, you have to do the same thing about Sam Darnold. Just because he's on your team doesn't mean he's going to be good. And oh, by the way, who ate Sam Darnold's lunch when they were in the same place in Carolina? Baker Mayfield showed up in July and took the job right away from Sam Darnold immediately because Baker Mayfield is a leader who at least has some talent and Sam Darnold is a giant stiff. Uh, Ryan Hensley had a poll out and it was the poll was which, if any quarterback, would scare you the most if they were on the Cardinals. And the options are Purdy, Lance and Darnold. Lance has 63% of the vote. Sam Darnold has 0.8% of the vote. And that's the point. If he was on any other team, you wouldn't be sitting there telling me how good Sam Darnold is. But because he's on the 49ers and you people want to hype it up and, and think that the 49ers didn't just make a stupid move, they're trying to convince themselves that Sam's going to be good. He ain't. He's not. But now what sucks is that it's going to be like when he does start, it's going to be so hard to watch him. And then if he's good, he's good, I guess. We'll get a lot of hate for that. But it's, but also, if he's good, I just feel like it's going to be because of his surroundings and he's going to actually not be very good. But it's like, I don't know, whatever. It doesn't matter if he has to play. Hopefully the team can carry him because he's not going to carry nobody. It's so, so bad. And Jack Hammer, by the way, who's calling me out on Twitter multiple times, you can go pound sand, Jack. I've never said that Sam Darnold had 90 turnovers in 56 games. I have never once said that. And it's not misleading to call it what it is. 90 combined fumbles in 56 games. That is the truth. It is a fact. And just because the other team didn't recover all 90 of those fumbles doesn't mean they didn't derail drives. Most of the time when you fumble the ball, you still lose yardage. It still screws up a play. So it doesn't necessarily matter that not all 90 were recovered by the other team. So I don't know why you think you're calling me out there, but that's just dumb. 
I've never misled people in any way, shape, form, or fashion. And the fact that you're saying that I have is ridiculous. But also, like, he, Sam Darnold doesn't get to decide when it's a lost fumble or his team recovers. It's all about the bounce of the ball. Does the ball bounce where your player is or where the other player is? Does your your teammates see the ball right away or does the defender see it first? Like, when Sam Darnold's fumbling, he's not like, oh, it doesn't matter because we're going to get this one back. Like, no, he still fumbled right. and he could have still easily lost the ball. And he needs to uh, not do that so much. The one improvement, or I should say the biggest area of improvement for all 49ers quarterbacks last year was that they didn't turn the ball over. They were really, really good at it. The Niners led the league in turnover differential. That's You lose that if you put Sam Darnold in. That's the thing that can derail this team, even with a really good defense. That's the thing that can kill you. And it's weird to me that, that Kyle Shanahan and the Niners are just willing to wave all that away by saying, well... Sam had to throw the ball to keep the team in game. Like, no, no. You think all of his turnovers came in like the fourth quarter when they were trailing by 30? They didn't. No, they were trailing by so much because he turned the ball over. Right. <laughs> it's wild, man. I I will. Man, people just really, really have the back here of Sam Darnold. I don't know. I thought people got over it last year when he, I thought actually people got over it in 2021 when he couldn't handle it with a new team and got benched and Cam Newton came in and was terrible too, but right. somehow better than Sam Darnold. And then the next year he gets beaten out by Baker Mayfield easily. Like there wasn't even really a true competition because all the media was like, yeah, Baker Mayfield's by far the better quarterback. And then now I guess he's just going to be the next Geno Smith. Who knows? The next Geno Smith, who was good for half a season. Again, like what are we – Again, and he was never, no one, when they got into the playoffs, thought they had a real chance at winning the Super Bowl. I because agree. Because Geno Smith was the quarterback. And no one, this, no matter how good that Seahawks off or roster gets and they keep building it up, as long as they have Geno Smith, no one's going to predict them to win the Super Bowl. And that's the end goal here. Do you have a quarterback good enough to win a Super Bowl? Right. Is Geno Smith beating Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson or Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert or Russell Wilson? Maybe if he ends up being better this year or Tua Tungavailoa or Aaron Rodgers. No, no, no. Like, oh, God. All right. I need a break. Clearly. I'm very frustrated. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the 49ers draft. Back here on the Gold Diggers podcast. Okay, Michelle, the draft has come and gone. The picks are in. I know you were super pumped because Joey Porter Jr. ended up on your Steelers. And you were like bouncing around because the Steelers made all picks. They're all going to be pro bowlers and all pros and Hall of Famers. Yep. What do you think of the 49ers draft? It's hard because it, it does stink for them that they didn't have any picks until the third round. So no, there's not a lot of these guys. I don't really know much about. It just felt very meh. Like everyone they picked, you're like, okay. Like, I don't know. I don't feel great about the draft, but I, I like some of the pieces they got like Jair Brown. I, I think he can be a good safety in this league. I think he can be a good weapon on defense, uh, but more of that box safety and he's a risk taker, right? Which allows for him to create turnovers, which is awesome. 10 interceptions in the last two seasons. However, you already kind of have that at safety with Hufanga. They're very similar type of players where they take a lot of risks, but that means they're going to get beat. And I don't know if you can have two of those guys on the field at the same time, because that could be very dangerous. 
I think the 49ers are prioritizing that. I think they're saying, you know what? If we get beat a couple times, our defense is good enough to deal with it. But we want guys that can take the ball away. And Jair Brown has 10 interceptions over his last two years. He's the only guy in college football that can say that. I think the that's what the 49ers think when they look at it. Like, hey, if we're getting turnovers, we're going to score enough points to beat the other team, even if we give up a couple drives where they score. And I have to say, like, considering we've seen the opposite with Tart and Jimmy Ward, where they never make turnovers, I can't, I can't say the 49ers are totally wrong. I know. I love how they go from Tart to Ward to like two guys that are never going to create turnovers to then going with the scariest guys with Hufanga <laughs> and Jair Brown. It's like, can we find a middle ground here? But uh, yeah, I'll see how that works out. I mean, you, you still have Gibson there, so you would expect him to play. He's a hundred years old, but that's mean. I, I I'm fine with this pick. And then it goes to like, you're waiting all this time in the third round. And then you get a kicker, a kicker. Like, I'm sorry. You, you just can find kickers elsewhere. You don't have to take a kicker in the third round. And really the hit rate for drafting a kicker high is not great. So I just, I, I, I think that was a waste of pick. And then uh, Cameron Latu, is that how you say his last name? I think name? it's Latu, but I'm not sure. Latu. Another one where it was like, there was other more exciting tight ends still on the board. But the the more I looked at him, I kind of like, all right. I, he's undersized, 6'4", 242. He's not going to make many guys miss like tackles. He's not going to like run you over. However, when watching, I went to go watch him, right? This is what I was, I was not expecting to like this guy at all. But I was shockingly surprised at how fast, because he's not a super athletic guy, how fast he catches the ball and goes upfield. Like the way he transitions from ball in hand to upfield is extremely fast. Like I was like, what are the fastest I've seen by tight end? I even like, I feel like when I watch tight ends, it takes way longer for them to transition into that. So I was shocked. And also his ability to catch on the run. He does not, if that ball is in good placement, he's not stopping to catch it and go. He is very fluid in that way. So no, he's not the most athletic guy in the world, but I think those two abilities, his stop and go ability, and then also his ability to just run through the catch, it, it will kind of eliminate those issues with how athletic he is because he's not taking that one second to get going or to stop and catch the ball. I was actually kind of impressed with him personally. So I'm like, okay, I don't think he has a super high ceiling. I don't think he's going to be amazing. It's not like he's not exciting like Sam Laporta, but I actually do think it, it's a pretty solid pick. So I changed my mind on him. I kind of like it. Wow. Okay. Well, I was not expecting that. Uh, it's Latu, by the way. I just double checked. The other thing that I thought was interesting is that he hasn't been a tight end for that long. I think he was. A, yeah, they brought him in to be a defensive end. Right. He's originally a defensive lineman. And so I think part of what the Niners are thinking is, hey, the longer this guy was a tight end, the better he looked. And so we're banking on that sort of development continuing. Plus, you put him with George Kittle. That's obviously going to help. Um, Former 49ers GM Scott McLuhan just did an interview with The Athletic with Matt Barrows where he graded the class. And his kind of point with Latu was like, like you were saying, very fluid, very loose, like can turn on the ball. And for him to be that fluid when he's not, he hasn't been a tight end long, for him to be able to run through that catch like that. Right. Like, and he did have some dropsies issues throughout his career. But again, he transitioned so you can get better there. And he made some impressive catches as well. So it's not like he doesn't have hands that can catch a ball. 
Sorry, I just cut you off. But okay. I actually, I got myself excited about this pick. It's not like I don't think he's the next George Kittle or anything like that. But I do think he can contribute. Well, this is another interesting thing. Latu was only one of three college tight ends that was invited to Kittle's tight end university. And so did Kittle have a little time with him and say to the 49ers, hey, you know, not for nothing. I've seen this guy work out. He looks pretty good to me. You know, I don't know. I'm I'm not saying that that happened. I'm just saying that there is necessarily a connection there. And maybe he also kind of gave him a little bit of a heads up. But I hope that they're right because they've wanted a second tight end forever. Plus, I do think they need a Kittle replacement because he's going to be making a ton of money. And you want to have the flexibility if you if you need to move on because of a salary cap crunch or whatever, you want to have the flexibility to have somebody there that's in-house already. So I hope it's a good pick. I, I didn't love it when it was first made, and now I'm trying to talk myself into feeling better about it. But if you give it the stamp of approval, I'm on board. Well, this was me too. Like I, when they first picked, I really knew nothing about this guy. So I was like, ugh, okay. But the more I look into him, I'm like, I kind of like it. And like thinking about how the 49ers kind of use their backup tight ends. I feel like it's a lot of those short passes where they do have to turn up field. And when you have a Ross Dwelly or someone like that, that's not athletic whatsoever. And it takes them it's probably 0.5 second difference, but that's a huge difference. Right. When, if a defender can close on you or not, and if you can get right up field, I was just really impressed about that part of the game. He does almost look like a wide receiver out there, like a really big wide receiver because he is, I don't know, he's pretty small. Like, I, I guess it's funny to call a six foot four, 242 pounds right. small, but he does look pretty small on the field compared to other guys. Well, I mean, some of these, uh, like uh, the guy the Steelers drafted, what is it? Washington is like six seven, six eight. Yeah. Like that, that's like LeBron James out there. Jeez, he's like two seventy. Which yeah, I'm pretty pumped about Darnell Washington. I do wonder if the 49ers would have taken him because the forty or the Steelers took Darnell Washington only what a handful of picks before the 49ers. The Niners could have had him if they wanted him. They passed on him, um, but when they took Jair, yeah. Okay. They could have had him, but you know, I've heard that there's knee issues, whatever. If you're the 49ers, like, can we not take someone that already might have a knee problem before they even get to the league? Well, what's so funny is people, I guess were scared off of him because his knee was swelling at the combine. He had a sick combine. Like right, his combine true. was amazing for his size. So if his knee was swelling then, and that was his performance, I'm like, how would that not make him go even higher? You're like, wow, you did that. And you had swelling in your knee. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. That is a good point that I hadn't thought of. He ran a uh, four six four at the combine, but he's six six two sixty four. So like again, four six four is incredible for a guy that size. And I think he's six seven, even higher than that. I think at the combine he measured in at six seven two seventy. Oh, I don't know. I'm looking at uh, Dane Brugler's draft guide. He says six six and a half. So whatever. Um, but the point is, he's a he's a monster. Um, what else from the 49ers draft? I know you don't like the kicker pick. Whatever. He is what he is. We'll find out. Um, I'll throw it back up on the screen here. Robert Beal, I'm kind of interested in. My, I don't really know anything much about Robert Beal. Why are you interested in him? My thinking on him is maybe he was just crowd in a crowded Georgia defense, and that's why he doesn't necessarily have some of the numbers that some of the other guys that played there have. But he is lightning, lightning fast. He ran a 4-4-4 40-yard dash. That's wild for an edge rusher. And I think that he's got the raw skills to be good. And he's going to Chris Kacarek, who has turned in 
way less athletic defensive lineman into legitimate pass rushing threats. Plus you put him on the defensive line that he's going to be on there in San Francisco. I think that there is a role for him at least early on this year, like literally just rush the passer. That's it. That's all we want from you that I think you can get a, a decent contribution from a fifth round pick. Yeah, I mean, that's what we kind of said about Drake Jackson last year, and he was a way earlier pick, really just use him to rush the quarterback. And mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like they really wanted to do that all that often. They didn't give him as much opportunity as we hoped. But yeah, I mean, you don't need a ton from this. You don't, anyone that you brought in at defensive line, you're just like, we don't need you to play all the parts. We just need <laughs> you to get to the quarterback and stop the run sometimes. So yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see if he can contribute. I like just getting any of these Georgia guys, like because they were so freaking good that yeah maybe maybe they just didn't get the chance to shine because they had so many first rounders playing with them drake jackson had three sacks in his first five games played but he just disappeared down the stretch he got worn out he hit the wall whatever um but i think hopefully between those two guys they can get one maybe combined they could equal one viable pass rushing threat on the other side of nick bosa D winners has been getting a ton of love since he was drafted. That's another guy that Scott McLuhan loved when he talked to, to the athletic. It seems like a, a Dre Greenlaw kind of clone, right? Another linebacker picked late in the draft, super fast, rangy guy can miss tackles at times and kind of his aggression can get him into trouble sometimes, but also like he can be everywhere. And that's really what the Niners want out of their linebackers. Uh, you know what pick I really like the obviously because I'm a fantasy girl, you know, I, I like these skill position players, but Ronnie Bell oh, in the boy. seventh round, he was supposed to go well before that. Like some people had third, fourth round grades on him. You definitely would have thought he would have been a fifth rounder at the latest seventh round is pretty nice. He had uh, nearly a 39 inch vert jump. So 38 and a half, 4.15 short shuttle. He's six foot 191 pounds. So like good body frame, good athleticism. He's a good route runner and he has a run after catchability. He let, so this, this is his issue, right? He's never had great production, but he did lead Michigan this year with 889 receiving yards and 62 receptions. No other player on Michigan had more than 500 receiving yards last year. They just didn't throw all that often. They didn't have very many passing yards. And I have this metric that I like wide receivers to hit. It's any of their college seasons. They have to have over 30% of their team's receiving yards in a season. And he hit that. He had 32% of his team's receiving yards this season. If you never did that, the list is absolutely disgusting. Like I've really? done it before I've gone through. Yeah. The list of, if you never hit that, it's disgusting unless you were injured pretty much your whole career. So like DK Metcalf never had that chance because he was hurt. So injuries you can kind of ignore, but the list is real bad. Um, but at the same time he did it in his fifth year in college. So it took him he didn't really play in 2020 or 2021 and 2020 was the COVID year. There was like one game. And then in 2021, uh, he, he missed a bunch of games. He tore his so, ACL. Oh, he did. Okay. I, I didn't know what that reason was, but so it took him until his fifth year in college, but he did it and he, he looks pretty good. I mean, he's a seventh round pick, so who knows, but He's just another flyer option out there that maybe can beat out Danny Gray. Or Jawan Jennings. Oh, he's not probably not going to beat Juwan out Jawan Jennings. Jennings, but he could maybe replace <laughs> Jawan Jennings when he becomes a free agent after the season. Yeah, he tore his ACL in 2021, came back the next year, put up almost 900 yards, had four touchdowns. And by the way, he still runs a 4-5-4. So that's pretty damn good after a torn ACL. And I think 
your expectation is correct. Like he's not going to be your number one guy, but I think that there could easily be a role for him on this team on third downs coming out of the slot at some point, or if, you know, if somebody goes down, I know Ray, Ray McLeod did good things, but like I, as wide receiver four, like, no, nah, I'm all set with Ray, Ray McLeod. I give Ronnie Bell a, a shot. That's going to be the question though. Is he going to go into the vortex of rookie wide receivers under Kyle Shanahan that just kind of drop off the face of the earth? I was just ignoring you. I'm not going to lie. Awesome. <laughs> so like, I don't know. What? You're not even doing anything else. I don't understand. I, 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 was I that no, boring? I looked at my phone for a quick second just to look at the... <laughs> Um, I was reading a text from my dad, but I heard vortex and fall off the face of the earth, but I don't know who you were talking about. The disrespect, the disrespect, <laughs> I'm like I'm pretty unprofessional there. I'm very sorry. We only talk for like 45 minutes a week. I can't keep your attention for that. My God, what I said. <laughs> so we're talking about seventh round draft picks here where most of them are not even going to make the team or be around in the NFL a couple years longer. Can we hit on something real quick? I feel like there's two teams that had the best drafts in the league and it's two teams that really matter against the 49ers. It's the Eagles. They got like somehow they got better from last year. I don't even know how that's possible, at least on paper. And then they got younger too, which is scary. And then the Seahawks had a really nice draft as well. Now we talked about before they still have Geno Smith. So do I think they're going to really threaten the 49ers in the playoffs? No, but they could have a nice regular season again. But I do think the jump that the Eagles made from their draft to what the 49ers have done this offseason is drastic enough where the Eagles may have, you know, opened that gap up. Before it was like, okay, it comes down to the 49ers and Eagles. It really feels like that again this year. But for the 49ers to beat the Eagles, I think they're really going to have to play one of their best games. I think that was true even before the Eagles draft. Um, I don't, I don't know you. I'm not saying you're wrong. And a lot of people are talking about the Eagles and the Seahawks, and I'm not saying they're wrong. All I'm saying is we don't know. If you go back and you look at what grade the 49ers would have gotten after their 2017 draft, where they took Solomon Thomas and Reuben Foster in the first round, they got A's for that draft. How'd that work out? Those guys stunk. Okay. They were miserable. So I'm not willing to just automatically say, oh, the Seahawks are going to be awesome. All those people are going to be great. Do you know, by the way, Michelle, how many fifth-year options the Seahawks have picked up? <laughs> no, I don't. But I'm guessing very little. Zero. They've never picked up a fifth-year option on any first-round wow. draft pick. And that goes all the way back to 2011. Now, they've traded a lot of those picks away. They've only had, I think, seven since then. But they couldn't hit on a single one. So, you know, again, I'm just saying, let's keep it in perspective here before we just assume that all these people are going to be good. We don't know. And maybe the Eagles got better, but we got to see it because don't forget all the first round picks that don't get their option picked up. Half the first round picks stink. So let's just let's just wait. That's all I'm saying. That's very fair. That's very fair. But I, I, I just don't understand how like these Georgia monsters just keep going into the laps of the Eagles. It is. Well, the one thing I'll say about the Eagles is that if you're an Eagle fan, you have to love like they went after it. They're trading up. They're trading back. They're moving all around like they, to me, 
acted with urgency. They recognize the NFC is down. We've got some picks. We can move around. Let's go take control of this thing for the next 10 years. Like, I, I love the plan of attack. I don't know if it's going to work out, but I love that they did that. Whereas it was really hard to watch the 49ers sit around for 99 pick. Now they moved up to 87, but you know what I'm saying? Like I was freaking out like, oh my God, this is killing me. It was hard. And then especially when, I mean, Dreyer Brown was, uh, you know, it's not the most exciting pick. It's a safety, you know? And then when they're, you're waiting and then they take a kicker and you're like, come <laughs> on. And then they take a tight end that, you know, we were all, we were very excited about many of these tight ends in this class. Yep. And like Josh Wiley was still there. He didn't end up going to the fifth, but he's a guy that I wanted the 49ers to take. And they took a random guy that I didn't know anything about. So that was another pick that I was like, Oh, but it turns out, you know, I I'm actually pretty excited for that pick. He, I think he's going to cut. I cannot believe how much I flip flop. Cause I think now I'm going to be, it's like so rooting for this guy to like do well and show out in training camp. And he's going to going to be one that I'm really looking forward to like following his career. And I I'm just excited for that for me. For me. Can I make a confession? <laughs> yeah. I have already looked at a 2024 mock draft. Oh my goodness. Why? Because I haven't been able to look at them for Two years since 2021. Okay. I needed it. I needed it for me. It was like when you come home and you like get yourself some ice cream or something. I just had to look, just knowing that the first round pick is there. Like, I don't even know who the hell he picked going to the 49ers. I've never heard of that person in my life. I don't care. I wanted to see a mock in just the first round and I wanted to see the 49ers in there. And I don't regret it for a second. Well, hopefully they're the 32nd overall pick. There you so go. It'll be a late pick again. I'm just hoping you'll actually listen to me when we record an episode next week. That would, that would be stellar. That would be great to me. <laughs> I can dream. Uh, that's going to do it for this edition of the show. Please rate, review, and follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network again. Shout out to all the members on the YouTube channel. I greatly appreciate your support. Please sign up to be a member. I promise we will make it worth your while. Michelle, have a fantastic weekend. Bye, y'all.